What is forgiveness? The Greek word for forgiveness, aphimi, literally means to let someone go. Essentially, to set someone free. Just as letting a prisoner or a slave go means that they will be freed. So forgiveness means giving freedom, both to the forgiven and to the one who forgives. It is easy to see that through forgiveness, the one who is forgiven becomes free. He is no longer burdened by guilt. He does not have to try to hide. He does not have to look for justifications. He can honestly admit that he was wrong and repent of the evil which he had done. It is not always easy to see, to admit our mistakes, especially our graver sins and our fundamental sinfulness, and, and to sincerely repent. Yes, of course, we say from time to time that we are poor sinners, but how seriously and truly do we mean it? To find out, we can think about how do we react when someone accuses us of mistakes, shortcomings, and sins. Do we thank him for this, or do we get upset and even angry with him? Do we humbly bow before that person and thank him for helping us to look at our lives adequately, or do we angrily say, who are you to reproach me and judge me? What is it that finally makes us confess our sin, repent and seek grace, mercy and forgiveness? If it is fear of punishment, as in today's gospel, then we are still far from the way things should really be. For we should repent of our sins and turn from them because we understand that living in sin is wrong and because we love God who expects from us good and not evil, righteousness and not unrighteousness. The fear of punishment, including the fear of hell, can be of some use, but it does not make us perfect or truly pleasing to God. St. John expresses this truth in his first epistle as follows. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. 
He that feareth is not made perfect in love. In today's gospel, Jesus spoke about the servant who owed his king 10,000 talents. If we were to take this amount of money literally, it would be about 200,000 years wages for this servant. 200,000 years wages. In Greek, the word myrias is used here, which could, be, could, could also be translated simply as innumerable, countless. In any case, it is an unimaginably large debt. And so, the first thing we should ask is, how could this servant not have done anything about it earlier? Was it really not bothering him that he had done so much harm to his master? Did he really repent and beg for mercy only because his crimes had been exposed and he was facing severe punishment? It seems, yes, that's exactly how it was. Not his conscience, not the recognition that he was wrong made him ask the king for forgiveness, but only fear. The moral theology of the church teaches that actions done under the threat of fear have no moral value. If someone does something that is good in itself, only under the compulsion of fear, then he does not show himself to be a moral person, but rather the opposite since it is clear that without fear and compulsion, he wouldn't, done, he wouldn't have done this good deed. However, the king in our parable forgives the servant his debt, not because the servant suddenly became a good person, but because the king himself was good. Of course, the king in this parable represents God, and the servant represents all of us. We are the ones whose burden of mistakes is greater than we could ever bear, and even if we wanted to repay God our debt, we could not, because everything we have is from him. God has forgiven us our sins because of his love. He has given his only begotten son who suffered and died for us so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We are free. God has set us free from both sin and guilt, from slavery to evil and from the fear of eternal death and damnation. Unfortunately, today's parable does not end here. The story continues and ends extremely sadly. The servant who had been forgiven his immeasurable debt 
was not willing to forgive his fellow servant, who owned, owed him only about a hundred days' wages. Let us recall, his own debt was equal to about 200,000 years' wages. And here we are dealing with only 100 days' wages, which he was not willing to forgive his fellow servant. We see that even though the king had set this servant free, he was still a slave inside. He was a slave to envy, greed, selfishness, remorselessness. He had only asked for forgiveness out of fear of punishment. He didn't realize that he was wrong, and there was no sign of love in him for his master whom he had wronged. So he had no mercy, no understanding, no love for his fellow servant, who owed him a pittance compared to his own debt. The parable does not tell us what happened to that fellow servant. We can assume that the king probably paid his debt, deducting it from the first servant's 10,000 talents. However, what the parable tells us is much more important. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desiredst me. Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. Two hundred thousand years' wages. I said before that forgiveness brings freedom not only to the forgiven, but also to the one who forgives. However, if we do not forgive, we will not be free, but will rather continue to let the evil that someone has done to us influence and even direct our lives. We often attach a condition to forgiveness that the person who the person we forgive must first repent of his sin, ask for forgiveness. Without a doubt, repentance is inescapably important for the one who has sinned, because without true repentance, forgiveness cannot bear the fruit of new life within him. But whether the person who has sinned against us repents or not, must not affect whether we are ready to forgive or not. Let me repeat it because it's important. Whether the person 
who has sinned against us, repents or not, must not affect whether we are ready to forgive or not. Concluding today's parable, Jesus said, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. And introducing the parable, Jesus said that we must forgive even 70 times, seven times. That is, as much as we are wronged. Because just as God's goodness does not depend on our goodness, our goodness must not depend on whether and how good are other people around us. Forgiveness must be our basic attitude, our natural way of life. We must not let the evil that has been done to us overcome us and influence or direct us and our lives. On the contrary, we must overcome evil with good. We must overcome hate with love, and do good even to those who don't love us, who do us harm and even persecute us. I'm not saying it's easy. I know very well how difficult it is. But if we want to be children of our Father in heaven, we have no other option. The greatest encouragement is knowing that this is exactly how God himself acts. He has forgiven us and he continues to forgive us because he loves us. He has redeemed us and reconciled us to himself in his son, our Savior Jesus Christ. And we can be sure that nothing is able to separate us from his love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.